0: the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, divine mercy, we thank you and we praise you for your real presence here, body, blood, soul and divinity, really, truly, substantially present in the Eucharist, in the blessed sacrament. And we believe, Lord, in a mystical way what is flowing out From your real presence here in the monstrance, are these rays that we see all over the front of the church? These red and blue rays, which represent your body, your blood, and the living water that flowed from your pierced side as you hung from the cross. And we believe today that this ocean of mercy is washing over the entire world as this feast day is being celebrated throughout the Universal Church, thanks to now Saint Pope John Paul II. So Lord, we ask for your special blessing upon all of us here this afternoon. Help us all to have a new encounter, a personal experience of your divine mercy. And Mother Mary, you are the queen of mercy, and we want to crown you the queen of our gathering here this afternoon as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So as a priest, I first, well I should say as a Christian because I wasn't even a priest when I first heard about Divine Mercy. I was about 21 years old. I was already thinking about the priesthood and someone gave my mom a little book on Divine Mercy and St. Faustina and she shared it with me and I can remember almost being upset when I was reading through this book because it was so good. And I was like, why did no one ever tell me about this? So today I want to read some of the quotes that come from her diary. Divine mercy in my soul is what we entitle her diary now. So Jesus spoke to her very directly, very Uh, explicitly about his mercy. And so she recorded much of that. And you don't have to believe it, but in canonizing St. Faustina, the church has found it worthy of belief. So here's one of the things that Jesus said to St. Faustina about priests. Tell my priests that hardened sinners will repent on hearing their words when they speak about my unfathomable mercy. About the compassion I have for them in my heart. To priests who proclaim and extol my mercy, I will give wondrous power. I will anoint their words and touch the hearts of those to whom they will speak. In another number, she wrote, Proclaim that mercy is the greatest attribute of God. All the works of my hands are crowned with mercy. So that's why I like to speak about divine mercy because Jesus promises that whatever I say about his mercy is going to pack a punch, you could say. So I know I'm kind of preaching to the choir here for the most part, but you never know who's here, who somebody may have dragged along with them this afternoon or who might be here for mass later. So it's a great day for, as I said, these gates of mercy to be opened and to be flowing. It's one of the things I like to point out about the image itself, that with his left hand, you'll notice, he's pulling away his robe a little bit. And I like to think that it's his way of saying, I want to unveil my heart to you. I want to unveil my heart so that you can really get to know me better, more more personally, more intimately. I want you to know the thoughts of my heart and the feelings that I have for you as my brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. I want you to know me. I want you to be able to approach me without fear. Here's another quote. My heart overflows with great mercy for souls, and especially for poor sinners. If only they could understand that I am the best of fathers to them, and that it is for them that the blood and water flowed from my heart as from a fount overflowing with mercy. For them I dwell in the tabernacle as king of mercy." So we have the King of Mercy here, solemnly exposed this afternoon. And as I said, graces just flow from being in his presence. You may not feel anything necessarily, but it's almost like being out in the sun, which sometimes shines here in Michigan, (laughs) in the summertime especially, and you may not even realize it if you've been out in it all day, but all of a sudden at the end of the day, you realize, oh my gosh, I got burned. I got burned, I was out in the sun all day. You didn't necessarily feel it, but you, you feel it after a while, you feel the effects. And it's a little bit like that, being in front of Jesus here in the Blessed Sacrament. You may not feel it right away or at all when you're here, but you can be sure the more time you spend in front of him, the more you're going to feel his presence, the more you're going to feel his closeness, is peace, is joy. You can't help but be transformed by his presence. He promises us that. In the diary, there's a beautiful part towards the end. It's number 1485 and following. And St. Faustina recorded these conversations, different conversations with different kinds of people or different kinds of souls, as it's described here, with Jesus. And so I just wanted to read a little bit because I think it, I remember when I first encountered these conversations, they were very enlightening, very inspiring the way that Jesus sees us and and how he thinks about us and how he feels about us. So this first one is entitled Conversation of the Merciful God with a Sinful Soul. And on some level, right, we're all sinners. Be not afraid of your Savior, O sinful soul. I make the first move to come to you. For I know that by yourself you are unable to lift yourself to me. Child, do not run away from your father. Be willing to talk openly with your God of mercy who wants to speak words of pardon and lavish his graces on you. How dear your soul is to me. I have inscribed your name upon my hand. You are engraved as a deep wound in my heart. How beautiful is that? Who would not be motivated after hearing that to approach Jesus and ask for forgiveness and to ask for healing, for pardon, for peace? Here's how the soul objects or responds. Lord, I hear your voice calling me to turn back from the path of sin, but I have neither the strength nor the courage to do so. Jesus responds, I am your strength. I will help you in the struggle. How many people here struggle? Amen? We all struggle. We all struggle. Lord, this is the soul's response. Lord, I recognize your holiness and I fear you. My child, do you fear the God of mercy? My holiness does not prevent me from being merciful. Behold, for you I have established a throne of mercy on earth, the tabernacle monstrance and from this throne i desire to enter into your heart i'm not surrounded by a retinue or guards you can come to me at any moment at any time i want to speak to you and desire to grant you grace and i like to say that grace is god's power and his presence which he loves to communicate to us. And I like to say that's the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit's job is to communicate that life of God, that grace to each and every one of us. Here's another protest on the part of the the poor sinner. Lord, I doubt that you will pardon my numerous sins. My misery fills me with fright. I'm sure we've all felt that way before, right? My mercy is greater than your sins and those of the entire world. Who can measure the extent of my goodness? For you I descended from heaven to earth. For you I allowed myself to be nailed to the cross. For you I let my sacred heart be pierced with a lance, thus opening wide the source of mercy for you. Come then with trust to draw graces from this fountain. I never reject a contrite heart. Your misery has disappeared in the depths of my mercy. Do not argue with me about your wretchedness. You will give me pleasure if you hand over to me all your troubles and griefs. I shall heap upon you the treasures of my grace." Awesome stuff. And then it goes on uh, with different types of souls and so on. So those are, as I said, late in the diary. But I encourage you to, to read through some of those if you haven't done so before. And the nice thing is today you don't even have to buy the diary. If you just want to go online, you can Google those numbers and those phrases and the whole thing is there for you. So Jesus touched on many things that are echoed in Scripture, like the pleasure that he receives when we come back to him. Think about Luke chapter 15, those three parables in Luke's gospel about his mercy. The parable of the lost sheep. And what what happens when he goes out and finds that one and brings it back? He rejoices with his neighbors. Rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. The widow and her lost coin, what happens when she finds it? She calls her neighbors and says, rejoice with me. And then the beautiful parable of the prodigal son, what happens when that prodigal son finally comes to his senses and returns back to the house of the father? The father throws a party for him and says, we have to celebrate because you were lost and you've been found. You were dead and you've come back to life. And the amazing thing about his mercy is that he doesn't just Put the pieces back together, like bandage it up, and walk around crippled for the rest of your life. That's not how God treats us, but rather he makes it all new. He completely restores your soul. And as he says in the book of Revelation, I make all things new. So it's not like when we fall in some particular way, we have to go all the way back to ground zero. No, we fall, we get back up with his grace and mercy, and we just keep going from grace to grace. And so today, well, I'll save this for the homily so that everyone can take advantage during the homily because I know some people are going to come just for mass. So remind me to talk about the special grace for today. Well, there's many special graces for sure. Let me read another number here that I highlighted. Again, this is Jesus speaking to Faustina. I cannot punish even the greatest sinner if he makes an appeal to my compassion. But on the contrary, I justify him in my unfathomable and inscrutable mercy. Right, before I come as a just judge, I first open wide the door of my mercy. He who refuses to pass through the door of my mercy must pass through the door of my justice. So God much rather prefers mercy than he does justice. Really, his mercy serves his justice because he knows we're all weak. He knows that because of original sin, we all struggle with concupiscence and our fallen human nature. This side of heaven, that's going to be true. But nevertheless, as we keep coming to Him, as we trust in Him and in His mercy, and confess our sins and ask for His help, He continues to transform us. So it's true, this side of heaven, we won't experience the fullness of His glory. But, every time we come to pray, especially every time we receive the Eucharist, we are receiving more of his life in us. Here we are at the end of the Easter active, and what we've been celebrating all week is that Christ is risen. He is alive. And he's alive in you. The Lord's really been making that very aware for me he's, he's wanted me to meditate on that a lot this week for myself that he is alive in me and because I'm a, a member of his mystical body through my baptism just like all of you I'm assuming he is alive in me and wanting to live with me wanting to live in me but also wanting to live through me Wanting to speak through me and to see and and to hear in me for the sake of his church. So there's the graces that I get, the transformation that happens in me by his grace. But then I also become an instrument of that grace for others as he desires to live through me and to live his resurrected life through me in this world today, in time. We believe that he's at the right hand of the Father outside of time in glory, right? But we also believe he's right here in time with us in a real way, right? So I like to say he's outside of time and inside of time all at the same time. (laughs) And only God can do that. I mean, that's a mystery, right? We don't fully understand that. But what he's trying to have us benefit from is his real presence, which he also shares with us. He nourishes us with his real presence so that we can continue to be transformed and so that he can prolong his presence through each and every one of us, his mystical body. Because he's trying to gather all of the nations into his love, into the heart of the Father. That's what he wants. Okay. It's almost 3.30, so I will pause there.